The following commentary does not necessarily reflect the views of the staff and management of WBCA or the Boston Neighborhood Network. If you would like to express another opinion, you can address your comments to Boston Neighborhood Network, 3025 Washington Street, Boston, Massachusetts, 02119. To arrange a time for your own commentary, you can call WBCA at 617-708-3215 or email radio at bnnmedia.org. Good evening, Boston. I'm your host, Larry Higginbottom, and you're listening to WBCA 102.9 FM. Again, WBCA 102.9 FM. Name is the hour. The chat is called From the Trenches, Baby. Observation from the Trenches. From the Trenches, Baby. Observation. We're talking about issues that are pertinent to groups that I identify as, as American. I identify as American descent of slavery. That's my lineage. Yes, I'm part of the black race. That's true. But I need to differentiate between myself and others who's part of the race because here in America, our legitimate grievance has been totally, totally removed from the table because I believe my group, Baby Baby Boomers, when Jesse Jackson took over after Martin, after, after Dr. King was murdered, he chose the path of, you might say, building rainbow rainbow coalition, or you know, uh, building coalition with other groups. He opted not to special specialize or focus on our unique grievance against the federal government for what he had allowed the white community to subject us to. And so I believe that our legitimate grievance has been totally removed and undermined because in the last 50 or 60 years, it's now multiculturalism, diversity, inclusion, equity, social justice, all those concepts that apply to everybody. And so our, talking about ADOS, American descent of slavery, our legitimate grievance which is being addressed that got King murdered was never officially addressed to make us whole. We was never made whole from 347 years of the worst theft, theft of wealth any group has ever been subjected to in this country by the federal government. We were not made whole. When Jesse took us down that road of multiculturalism, building coalitions, etc. So what I want to put out into the atmosphere today for the groups who come behind us, Gen X's, baby boomers, because we're about to, about to leave the stage, my lineals, is this is my topic today. Adolf, American descent of slavery, we must de-aggregate from blackness to address our Pacific, our, our Pacific issues. I'm saying again to the young people now. Because, you know, we are, on the way, we are on the way to the sideline, me and my group. I'm age 70. So my group about to sit down, get out the way. So as you ascend to the mic, I want you to consider why this here has to be a position that you take. You must de-aggregate from blackness to address our specific issues only. And the reason being, going down this path of inclusion, of, of blackness, Remember now, when you, when they first turned, first came out, black Americans, right? 
Everybody know it was synonymous with what? American-born blacks. Because why? We're the only group here. Up until the 1965 Act of Immigration, all these other groups, be there from the Caribbean, Africa, uh, Dominica, Dominica, or, or, or Dominican uh, Republic, South of the border, you name it, Africa, you name it. These folks are not even allowed in the country. They came after the 1965 Act of Immigration, and they started really coming in, and large numbers started in the 80s. Prior to that, if you look at the 1960 census, and I know because I have, the folks who's in America, okay, it was 99.1% whites and Negroes. And so when they started to say the word black, during the, during the black power uh, uh, movement, you know, black power struggle, you know, where everybody knew that it meant what? Black Americans, period. There was no, there's no debate in that. <clears throat> but once the laws that King had fought were passed, affirmative action, voting rights, civil rights act of 64, right? <clears throat> what really hurt us were the wording, the words, minority, okay, at-risk group, all right, disadvantaged. It did not specify who these ordinances were for. It did not specify <clears throat> who these laws were to give some preference to. Just anybody, anybody being a minority. And it, it, it defined a minority or include everybody along with us. And that was not the group was out there paying in blood and their life to fight for these ordinances. And because we did not write these ordinances or were not allowed to participate in the wording of the law, it became totally proselytized. Anyone with color could not benefit from our elders' sacrifice of getting out there being beat down, murdered, etc. And so what you see here in the last, you know, several years, all those ordinances have been totally, totally rendered useless to Ados, American descendant slaves. The last one being what, uh, of action? You know, you can no longer use diversity. As a matter of fact, you saw the uh, assault of these laws starting in the 70s with the, with the uh, Bakke case, you know, where the Supreme Court said you could not use race as a factor, as a, as a redress for the crimes against humanity towards our group. You couldn't use race. But the country's built on race. Wealth was taken by race, but you couldn't use that as a redress. But you, but you could use diversity. So for the next 50 years, well, so-called diversity. <laughs> but again, young people, what our leaders fail to understand, you don't own those platforms. So I'm going to diversify in your, in, your, <clears throat> in your company, in your school, in your institution. We don't own those. So again, another thing that I believe that my generation did, again, not blaming anyone, not belittling bel 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 anybody because there's no blueprint on how you fight this spirit of, white, of whiteness or, or like white supremacy. There's no blueprint. So I don't uh, fault Jesse Jackson or, or, or those who was leading this parade or even not the king because they felt that was the way to go. But the benefit that you have 
young people, as we move out your way, you have the benefit, right, of all those years to see what we did and what was not successful and what not to do. And so I've come to this conclusion, and it's something you consider, Ados, I ain't talking about black folks. I'm talking about American descendants of slave, slavery, our group, our group. We must, you must de-aggregate from that, from blackness to address our issue, be it unemployment issue, housing, crime, education, wealth, to get a true picture of where Ados really lies, you must, right, have honest data. Because often in the case, when they say, well, you know, 15% minority participation. If you were to de-aggregate that data, you would see that Ados might only be there 2% are actually members of the Ados community. Or you might say, well, at Harvard, we got 15% minority participation. But when you have that data de-aggregated, you might see that American-born blacks or Ados might be 3%. So the group that the law came into to really uh, 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 to assist or to give a slight uh, 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 incentive or advantage, right, it's been totally nullified because why the white elite or the white owners of this country, right, they just pick somebody who's black. Well, it checks the block. It checks the box. They're black and they're minority. They're black and a woman. Okay? And so we now know that in these communities, right, you take a, you know, Dominican Republic, there are many black Dominican. Same with uh, folks from uh, South from south of the border, you know? There's many Hispanics who are black American, you know, who are black Hispanic, but they come under the box of blackness. And so you end up with a uh, unrealistic reality of Ado's actual position in the state, the city, or the country. Because blackness now does not mean what it meant 70 years ago when the term was first, first being floated during the black power struggle. Everybody knew it was synonymous with the Negro. The Negro is now being called black American. But because the term has been totally, uh, really co-opted, it means anybody. It doesn't mean us. So I'm saying to those who come behind me, if you really want to get an honest assessment as to where Ados lies, you must begin to de-aggregate blackness whereby you can see our true position. For example, you heard both during uh, Trump administration and also now, now, now Biden, you know, they're taking credit. Well, black, black unemployment at its lowest point ever. Really? Really? Well, if you look at the numbers, if you de-aggregate that number, right, you might see that ADOS Right, might still be in triple, di- might still be in triple digit unemployment. Because why? You're lumping all folks there together, and it gives you a false reading of a people's position. Because now, blackness has been right. You know, really uh, neutralized. Doesn't mean anything. 
because everybody's under, under that category. The same thing when it, when it comes to, you know, housing ownership. Well, you know, they may say, well, black ownership of housing, right, is 45% or 50%. But if you have that data de-aggregated, right, you can get a good sense of where does ADOS lie within that realm, on that spectrum. Otherwise, you will give, it gives out a false reading. And I'm saying to the, the next group who's up, who's coming up the stage, take the mic, Gen X and Gen Z's and millennials, you really need to, you really need to have blackness de-aggregated to get a true sense of our condition and position in Boston, state of Massachusetts, the country as a whole, you have to have that de-aggregated because it's giving off false reading. It really is. And when you break that data down, you see that a lot of these folks who under the term blackness, a lot of Africans, right, they're coming from very affluent families. They're coming from folks who are professionals. Why their offspring do so well. And that you're getting, you know, these very, very, very impoverished Africans or very, very impoverished, uh, you know, Caribbean people. No. When you really peel back the layers and see the family that these kids are coming out of, right, they're not your average Caribbean or African family. They are coming to this country on a very highly selective boat, uh, 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 note. And, and getting benefits, right, that was fought for and came into existence to give, right, an advantage to the Eidos community. And one thing I want you also, young folks, to be very conscious of and don't become prey to or fall for this thing of, no, you want to divide us. No. It is divisive. No. Xenophobic, nope. Nope, this is our country. You came here as a guest. And the person benefits that you're getting, right, were intended for Adels. It was Adels elders who got idea. Our elders got idea and took the beating, the insult, the degradation, even the murder, get these laws passed. So you can't be prey to these typical talking points. Oh, xenophobic. Oh, you know, divisive. Oh, that divided. No, 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 no. We stand on our square. We stand on our square. You came to America on your own. We were locked out of opportunities to acquire wealth, to pass on to the generation. There's a debt here. That's why our elders got out there and confronted whiteness and fought for a new deal or a do-over. You came here freely of your own choice. You stayed here. So again, don't allow folks, right, to hoodwink you when you start to demand that blackness must be de-aggregated to get a true, true measure of where Adol's really lie. For example, let's take crime. All they say, black on black crime. Okay, black on black crime. I can tell you, 
as a member of Eidos who came here to Boston in the 60s, at that time, you look at the, at the population, it's about, what, 90-some percent American-born blacks are Eidos coming from the South, from the South. I will, I will wait, to you, wait, wait to you right now. You might have, what, 30%, 25% Eidos here, but then you got Caribbeans, right? Come under, come under blackness. You got African under blackness. You got uh, Spanish who are black under blackness. So if you break down this so-called uh, crime report by ethnicity, by ethnicity, you'll see, well, these ain't Adolf who are committing, committing all these crimes because they just said black on black crime. You know, these other groups now, because they're being classified as black, Rightfully so, it should be broken down by category, by ethnic, by ethnic category. You know, the true sense of who's doing what. And not just, quote-unquote, black-on-black crime. Because it don't tell you anything. Because that term now has been totally diluted. It doesn't, it doesn't give you a true measure of where your people lie. And don't ever forget this here, young people. Gen Z's and Gen X's and millennials. You are American. You are an American. There ain't no other hyphenate. You ain't no African American or no African Caribbean or no African, uh, I mean, I mean, you know, American Indian or, you know, American uh, Jamaican or whatever, American Caribbean, you know, or African. No, you are a, a straight and American. There's no hyphenate, hyphenate for us. These other groups came here on their own volition. They knew America was a racist society. They knew that. They knew it when they came here. All the folks you see south of the border know what America is. America don't don't them anything. They're not citizens. The wealth of this country was not built on the black back bodies of their people. It was built on the black back bodies of Ados, American descendant slavery. The word American. We are American. And yes. She never wanted us. That's true. All that's true. But we are more than any group here, America. Even more than more so than these white Europeans. They're immigrants. Their folks brought them here. They came from somewhere. They can go back somewhere. There's nowhere for Adels to go to. No the odd is that to go anywhere. I've been to Africa, Ghana, South Africa, Egypt, had a great time. But, it, but I'm not one of them. I belong to no tribe, no village, no language, no nothing. And I don't need to do a DNA test to see what tribe I come to, come from. <laughs> to me, it's irrelevant. I am an American, and so are you. And so, to the young people, another thing that I would encourage, encourage you not to do, I would not get caught up into folks who want to be perceived as, you know, multi-racial uh, or colored or whatever they might be, or uh, I'm just strictly a Dominican Republic, uh, you know, Dominican, so fine. I'm only focused on Eidos, Eidos, my group. I'd only stay focused on on your group because the debt is owed to your group, to your group, the debt owed to your group, to our group. So I would not get caught up in this thing, you know, about, well, you know, I'm multi, multi-racial, or oh, I'm colored, you know, uh, I'm mixed. Okay, fine. 
I only want to focus on Ados. Because at the end of the day, young people, it's what you own and control in America that counts. What you own and control that counts in America. So I would not get caught up in these conversations that, ain't, that really ain't going, ain't going nowhere. You know, ain't about nothing. But again, it's your call. It's your call. As you come to the stage and we get out your way, you know, it's your call. Again, I'm your host, Larry Higginbottom. And you're listening to WBCA 102.9 FM. WBCA 102.9 FM. Name the program from the trenches, baby. Observation from the trenches. Observation from the trenches. Well, I speak about what I see out here in the the community. Because, you know, we do direct mental health services for families the last two plus decades. I get to see how our people are faring. I get to see them in their natural habitat. And I'm saying to you, one of the conclusions I've come to, and something for you to consider, because why it's your call now, your call, you come to the stage, we, we, we get out your way. I really strongly encourage Ados, you must de-aggregate blackness to address our specific, unique challenges in this country, in this city. But if you don't, blackness conceals and hides, right? Because you're doing better when, in fact, you're not doing better. Because why? You're lumped in here with just all black people. And it does not show your specific situation because you're just under black, blackness. And so I would definitely strong you, definitely, I would definitely suggest and recommend that you really start to demand that these reports be broken down by ethnic group. You know, Caribbeans, Africans, right, Dominicans, you know, Hispanic, whatever. You get a true, true measure of our plight. And I'll tell you why. Another reason why I recommend you do that. One size policy don't don't fit all. This here, one size fit all, you know, this policy everybody, gonna help everybody, that's garbage. No, it doesn't. If you don't, if you're not, if you don't use this term specificity to specify who is going to help and why, it's too late for that. It's too late for that for us. We're too far behind. As a matter of fact, I read a report recently that said that for Ado's community, it would take us 300 years to catch up to the wealth that whites now have. 300 years, three three centuries. That means you are you and I will be long gone. So are our kids, our kids, our kids, our kids, our kids. Now that has increased. Some years ago, it would take I think it was two hundred twenty-eight years for the catch-up. Now, because wealth is not static, now it just don't stagnate. It would take us three hundred years to catch up, catch up to the wealth that the white community has. So I'm saying to you, you're gonna have to. We get a true measure of what we're doing, have that data de-aggregated, but also you got to have policy aimed only at us only. Only at us only. You're not, this thing called universal policy, not going to do nothing for us. not going to do anything for us. We're too far behind. And you can't be intimidated, right, to let the data and the research speak for itself. It got to speak for itself. The same thing for, you know, these test scores here in Boston, you know, MCAS. 
to get a true measure of where <clears throat> Ado's kids are, Caribbean kids, African kids, Hispanic, you know, all these kids, that data needs to be broken down. It needs to be deaggregated to give you a true sense of where kids are, but also it can drive policy. This one size fit all is garbage. It's garbage. It's garbage. You must demand the A, specificity. <clears throat> Based on the data, here's a policy that we're looking to address this group specific issue. Not one size fit all. Because it doesn't work. It doesn't work. It never has, never will. We're too far behind. Because otherwise, there's no, there's no redress here. Because when we allowed ourselves to go down this path of fighting for voting rights, civil rights, human rights, racism, etc., although those are very, you know, admirable things to do, they don't produce wealth. They don't produce factories. They don't produce employment opportunities where you can hire people, where you can, where you can now rise to the middle class or better. It does not create wealth that you can have contracts, that you can, uh, you know, accumulate capital to do projects like, you know, home development, shopping malls, cinemas, etc. It does it does it doesn't do anything for the group. And a matter of fact, it benefits everybody besides you. Folks that it was never intended to benefit, it benefits why you have to do all of the he- all of the heavy li- all of the heavy lifting. I seen an interview uh, once with uh, Ann Coulter. She is a uh, conservative, you know, commentator, you know. And Ann Coulter said, I think, it was, I think it was on ABC, you know, she said, the reason why America is so sensitive to racism is because of the treatment of black Americans. It's because of slavery and Jim Crow. Now, she said, the other groups who got a little bad treatment, you know, like uh, Irish, the Catholic, Italians, you know, even the Jews, well, they were not part of that campaign to dehumanize a group to acquire wealth. We were. She said, the reason why we're sensitive to racism is because of how black America was treated in this country. It was not because of, all right, these other groups. It was not because of them. And so we need to be clear here. The reason why America is sensitive and even acknowledged racism is because black Americans got out there, right, and started to show our community, right, how despicable and deplorable they're treating us. But Kingdom did. We came out of out of, out of the uh, pulpit, right, to start to awaken the white psyche to you say one thing. You know, democracy, freedom, etc. But look how you're treating citizens of your own country. And so 
She didn't say it's because of white women or the Jewish community or Spanish community or folks from Caribbean or African community or folks from India or Asia. She said because of what? Ados. It's why America owes the debt because of slavery and Jim Crow. Duh. You have to de-aggregate blackness to really be in tune to what needs to be done for our group. Because the group is, for all intents and purposes, a bottom cast. And with all this here new illegal immigration, you're being pushed further and further and further on the bottom. You see it with the situation down here at Marlena Cass Boulevard, where they allowed all these illegals come in there and take over a facility that Adels was using for the kids for recreation, which shows no respect, no respect, and no regard for Adels people. Why? You have no political, no economic, or social capital. You have no power. And neither does, neither does those who represent you, because why? The city council couldn't say nothing. The state rep couldn't say nothing. Because your group has no power. No power. So anyway, again, I'm your host, Larry Higginbottom. Listen to WBCA 102.9 FM. Again, WBCA 102.9 FM. Name of the show is From the Trenches, baby. Observation from the Trenches. From the Trenches. I'm going to... Uh, play a little thing from my brother Gil Scott Hammond. He wrote a song during my youth, in my 20s, called Revolution Will Not Be Televised. Revolution Will Not Be Televised. When we used to play that song, right, we thought he was meaning like it's going to be actual a revolution, you know, violence, you know, you know, mayhem. Some years before he passed away, he gave a speech, I mean, gave an uh, interview. He explained what he meant by that song, Revolution will not be televised. I'm going to play for you the interview because it really is about you as an individual. It's not some big, you know, collective movement. It all starts with you. So I'm going to play this here for you, and I'll be back. The revolution wasn't televised in the 60s. Uh, is it going to be televised in the 90s? Well, you know, the, the, the catchphrase, what that was all about, uh, the revolution will not be televised, that was about the fact that the first change that takes place is in your mind. You have to change your mind before you change the way you live and the, and the way you move. So when we said that the revolution will not be televised, we were saying that, like, that, that, that the thing that's going to change people is something that no one will ever be able to capture on film. It'll just be something that you see and all of a sudden you realize, I'm on the wrong page, or I'm on the right page, but I'm on the wrong note. And I've got to get in sync with everyone else to understand what's happening in this country. Uh -huh. But I think that the black Americans have been the, the, the only real diehard Americans here because we, we're the only ones who, who've carried the process through the process. That everyone else has to sort of like skip stages. We're the ones who marched, we're the ones who carried the Bible, we're the ones who carried the flag, we're the ones who tried to go through the courts. And, 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 and being born American didn't, didn't seem to matter because we were born Americans, but we still had to fight for what we were looking for. And we still had to go through those channels and those processes. Some people won't give you the real talk on drugs, but it's time we know the facts. Fentanyl is killing people. It's a powerful opioid, often made illegally and commonly mixed with illicit drugs. 
It can even be pressed into counterfeit pills that resemble prescription medications. Just two milligrams, about the size of a few grains of sand, could potentially be lethal. This isn't an ad to scare you, but it is an ad to make you think twice. Get the facts. Go to realdealonfentanyl.com. This message is brought to you by the Ad Council. It's time for today's STEM tip. Okay, you know recycling is important. No one wants plastic in the ocean. Here's a cool way to repurpose a plastic bottle. Build an awesome terrarium. Cut a large plastic bottle in half and fill the base with sand, pebbles, potting soil, and your favorite plant. I chose an African violet. Put the top of the bottle over your base and place it in the sun. Your plant will grow sealed in its own ecosystem. Fun, right? Learn more at She Can STEM. A message from the Ad Council. If you are struggling to afford internet service for your household, there is a new government program that may be able to help. It's called the Affordable Connectivity Program, and it provides up to a $30 monthly discount to qualifying households. Find more information about the program, including if you qualify and how to enroll at FCC.gov ACP or call toll-free at 877-384-2575. That's 877-384-2575. Hey, Dad, how do airplanes fly? What's in this box? Is this tree good for climbing? How are babies made? What does this thing do? Kids are curious about everything, including guns. Talking to them about gun safety in your home is a good first step, but you can do more. Always keep your guns locked, unloaded, and stored separately from ammunition. Safe gun storage saves lives. Learn how to make your home safer at nfamilyfire.org. That's nfamilyfire.org. Brought to you by N Family Fire, Brady and the Ad Council. The revolution wasn't televised in the 60s. Uh, is it going to be televised in the 90s? Well, you know, the, 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 the catchphrase, what that was all about, uh, the revolution will not be televised, that was about the fact that the first change that takes place is in your mind. You have to change your mind before you change the way you live and the, and the way you move. So when we said that the revolution would not be televised, we were saying that, like, that, that, that the thing that's going to change people is something that no one will ever be able to capture on film. It'll just be something that you see and all of a sudden you realize, I'm on the wrong page. Or I'm on the right page, but I'm on the wrong note. And I've got to get in sync with everyone else to understand what's happening in this country. Uh-huh. But I think that the black Americans have been the, the, the only real diehard Americans here because we, we're the only ones who who carried the process through the process, that everyone else has sort of like skipped stages. We're the ones who marched, we're the ones who carried the Bible, we're the ones who carried the flag, we're the ones who tried to go through the courts. And, 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 and being born American didn't, didn't seem to matter because we were born Americans, but we still had to fight for what we were looking for. And we still had to go through those channels and those processes. I'm back. Again, I'm your host, Larry Higginbottom. Listen to WBCA. 102.9 FM, again, WBCA, 102.9 FM. Name my little talk, talk from the trenches, baby. Observation from the trenches. I'm the trenches, observation from the trenches. Again, the reason why I wanted to play that clip with Brother Gil Scott Heron, what he said, that's like, I think that came out, that song that came out in the 1970s. What he said then is true, is true today. That we're the only group who stayed true to the process. And also, being in America didn't seem to matter. Being born in America didn't seem to matter. Everything that we've had, to, everything we've gotten here, we had to fight, go to the court, protest, litigation, 
So being born in America didn't seem to matter. And so that's why I say my topic today, I think at some point, the next generation was about to replace us baby boomers. They need to consider. Because in actuality, you are starting from scratch. Because as we baby boomers get out of the way, we're not leaving no institution that we control that you cannot build and expand on. We're leaving you no platform whereby you can hire yourself. As a matter of fact, the same condition that Dr. King found in 1963 when he did the march on Washington, we're in the same, we're in the same predicament. We can't hire ourselves. We got no wealth. And in a society found in capitalism, wealth is essential to one's well-being. It's just the power. And so what I'm just suggesting to you to consider is your call because you're up next. Is it Ados, American descendants of slavery, what we are, we came out of that institution. I say we must, you must de-aggregate, de-aggregate from blackness. You must de-aggregate from blackness to address our specific issues and needs. We can't be under that term blackness because it really does not address our specific grievance. Why? It was never addressed from the laws that King was murdered for that brought he brought into life. None of those laws have made us whole or made us better because we allowed everybody to come under the umbrella of blackness. Everybody could benefit from it when in fact that was never the case that was never, ever supposed to be. And so it really diluted and took from my issues being addressed. And we allow the white establishment to go down this trail called multiculturalism, diversity, inclusion. Well, multiculturalism, wait a minute, boss. You have not made us whole yet. And you let these folks in here, right? That's your call. But where are the programs aimed to make us whole? Where are the programs aimed to address the 347 years of stolen wealth that we produce and was not able to participate in the wealth that we created? Where's, where's the redress for that? So by going down that road of multiculturalism, diversity, and inclusion, we actually hurt ourselves. And the reason being, young people, we don't own them platforms. And so it gave the white establishment an out. Because now, no, no, no. We just can't focus on you. We got to focus on everybody. Everybody. And there's no pushback from Jesse and the other folks in NACP, Urban League, Black Churches. Wait a minute now. You have not made us whole. You've not made us better off through laws and policies. And another thing that our group did wrong, in retrospect, I believe, we became okay with being subjugated and colonized. Our group stopped fighting for liberation and self-determination. They became okay going into the house of the white community, sharing their institutions, their companies, their contracts, 
you know, their corporation, and fighting for inclusion, equity. Well, you don't own those institutions. You don't own those companies. So we stopped fighting for self-determination. And so that's why I like what Brother uh, Gil Scott Harriman said. We're the only group of all the groups here who stayed true to the process. But why? They didn't come in to fight whiteness or white supremacy. They know America's a racist country. That, 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 that don't bug them or bother them. They're coming here for the potential for economic reward. To be able to earn as much as they can for their labor, to take care of their families, and increase their quality of life. So racism means nothing to them. That's not part of their psyche. And so, if you listen to what Gil Scott-Heron is saying, it's so timely today. Being born in America didn't appear to matter, didn't seem to matter. Because if you look at what's going on right, right now, the last 30 years, right? What King was fighting for was to be treated and viewed as citizen with all the perks and benefits, where citizenship mattered. Now in the last 30, 40 years, especially look out, look now, what the white community is saying, the citizenship doesn't matter. That to be a citizen does not matter. Anybody and everybody can come across that border with the same perks of a citizen. All the benefits. You can vote. Yeah, get, yeah you can vote. Employment. Yep, yep, yep. Going to the service. Yep, yep. All those things that used to denote being a citizen, not anybody can benefit from. So what King was murdered for, in a way, was to be viewed and treated as a citizen has been totally usurped and undermined. And it's really, I think, painful for me to see eight of those politicians down in D.C. and locally who address this nonsense called Sanctuary City. That's, that's to me, idiotic. It's like shooting yourself in the foot. And all the research shows, despite everybody saying how they're good for the economy in America, it's devastating to us. Why? They're always dropped off in the hood with us, impacting our housing supply, social services, education, right? Employment, all the things that A, make up the fiber of your life, you now got to move over and make room for them. For them. And when I see Adel's politician be on a city, state, or federal level, right, co-sign that nonsense, right? It lets me know they're not working for us, Adel's. They're not working for America to send to slavery. They're not working for us. And they have drunk the juice of the Democratic Party, in essence. And so, what Gill is saying, the revolution starts with you. There won't be no parade. There won't be no marching down Main Street with, a, you know, you know, Jafetti coming off, this, you know, being thrown up, you know, band marching, you know. There won't be that. It'll be when you finally realize, right, that I'm going the wrong way. I'm going about this thing wrong. Not being highly skilled with essential skill in America is detrimental to me. Not being able to have life on my terms is detrimental to me. Not being able to pursue city contracts, state contracts, federal contracts, 
private contract, the trade contract, is not good for me or my community because it means I have no source of revenue to hire my people because all I'm doing about is getting a job. When you really sit back and analyze what Gil Scott Heron is saying, he's saying the revolution started with you and with me. And I'm just saying as a member of the baby boomers who's about to get out of your way as you take the stage, there's certain things that I look at what we did, I wouldn't do. I wouldn't put no more time into voting rights, civil rights, human rights, right? Racism, sexism, you know, equity, inclusion, diversity. I wouldn't do it anymore. I'd be fighting right to a become a contractor for the city or the state or federal government or private corporation. Because once you become a contractor, right, understand, see the Boston spends over $2 billion a year. They spend $2 billion a year with outside contractors. In Massachusetts, spend over $4 billion with outside contractors. I read a stat a while back that said the federal government spent over $500 billion with outside contractors. Well, as a state contractor myself with Osiris, we are able to not only hire myself, we got over 40 people that employed at Osiris. And not to mention the support staff you know, bookkeeper, CPA, you know, TI, you know, IT people. So 40 people plus are earning a livelihood because why, you know, I went out, got the, got the education, got the skill, started starting my own practice, and then pursued being a provider with contracts. So I could take care of myself, take care of my family, but also offer opportunities to others in the community to also share in the sea blessing. So if I'm a young person, you know, Gen X, Gen Z's, or like millennials, I wouldn't go to no march on racism. Now, I would deal with it if I was confronted with it, but I wouldn't spend no more time on racism. We're giving, we're giving America, America, right? We've been fighting that fight since, since emancipation. Since 1865 to now, about 160, 60 plus years. I wouldn't put no more time into that. We've been fighting for, for voting rights, right? For the last 50, 60 years. I don't put more time in that either. Human rights? Nope, not me. I'm not going no more of my time in those kind of endeavors. But I will put time into acquiring and getting essential high income skills. I will put time in, right, to trying to be a city provider or a state contractor or a contractor for the, for the federal government or getting contracts with uh, private entities or getting contracts, you know, in the trades where I can a share in the wealth and the bounty of this country, the state, the city. Then I will fight with you. Then I will fight with you for. Then I'll protest with you, with you for. But I'll put down that cross called voting rights, civil rights, human rights. I will let the white community carry that, 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 that cross because why? It's decoration. They maintain it. So they should be the one, right, to try to, uh, you know, deal with it. Let them deal with it. And they can, have, they, get, they can get help from all these folks of color that they've allowed into the country. Let them deal with that. I would focus my time entirely on wealth. And Dr. King, before he was murdered, Harry, Harry uh, Belafonte said, he spoke, they spoke to Dr. King the night before he was murdered. 
Dr. King, he said, quote these words. He said, Harry, I think I've led my folks into a burning building thing called integration and assimilation. I think I've led my folks into a burning building thing called integration and, and assimilation. He can't realize, right, that the relationship was built on 247 years of what? Chattel slavery. From 1619 to 1865 is 247 years of chattel slavery. He had no rights. They could do anything to you when they wanted to. So how likely are you supposed to start to receive you as a citizen after civil war? Not likely. So we've been fighting right to be viewed as citizen since 1865. over 160 years. I said, put that cross down. Put it down. America is what she is. She's a great country. She's a great, 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 great country. If you possess sufficient wealth, it's a great place to be. If not, you're going to struggle. And for us, Adolf member, you need to be able right, to control the platform that you derive our income from. That's why you need to have our own contract. We can hire ourselves, hire our people, accumulate wealth, and build our own projects housing projects, shopping malls, whatever. Anybody will service anybody, right? Anybody can come, but you own control of that. And the key that you, be, you, the key that you should start teaching your kids, what you start teaching your kids now is about what you own and control. What you own and control. Not about, you know, voting rights, civil rights, human rights. No, put that cross down. Put that cross down. That's all I can say. Put it down. Well, I'm coming to the end of my uh, conversation today. Again, uh, not meaning to be mean-spirited, not meaning to belittle, belittle anybody. It's my belief. Some of you think about young people because why? If you come to the stage, it's your call, baby. It's your call. It's your call. But ADOS stands for American Center of Slavery. That's, the best, that's our lineage. That's what, what, what we come out of. I would really recommend that you really focus on how do you de-aggregate from blackness to address our issues. The only way that you can really get a clear picture of where we are, you must have this data de-aggregated to see where we are as a people. Because otherwise, it conceals and hides our true status, our, our true position. That's what I'm saying. And you want to know where you stand, whereby you can do something. I'm going to pray, play Brother Gill one more time and I'll come back and close out. Check him out. The revolution wasn't televised in the 60s. Uh, is it going to be televised in the 90s? Well, you know, the, the, the catchphrase, what that was all about, uh, the revolution will not be televised, that was about the fact that the first change that takes place is in your mind. You have to change your mind before you change the way you live and the, and the way you move. So when we said that the revolution would not be televised, we were saying that, like, that, that, that the thing that's going to change people is something that no one will ever be able to capture on film. It'll just be something that you see and all of a sudden you realize, I'm on the wrong page. Or I'm on the right page, but I'm on the wrong note. And I've got to get in sync with everyone else to understand what's happening in this country. Uh -huh. But I think that the black Americans have been the... The, the only real diehard Americans here because we, we're the only ones who, who've carried the process through the process that everyone else has sort of like 
skip stages. We're the ones who marched, we're the ones who carried the Bible, we're the ones who carried the flag, we're the ones who tried to go through the courts. And, 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 and being born American didn't, didn't seem to matter because we were born Americans, but we still had to fight for what we were looking for. And we still had to go through those channels and those processes. Again, I'm back, neighbor. Again, I'm your host, host Larry Higginbottom. You've been listening to WBCA 102.9 FM. You've been listening to WBCA 102.9 FM. Name of the program from the trenches, baby. Observation from the trenches, from the trenches. Again, it all starts in the mind, people. It all starts there. There won't be no mass movement. Change starts with you. It starts with me. And if you don't understand that, within what the man just said, you, you just went over your head. There'll be no, uh, you know, parade. There'll be no light bulb going off. You know, there won't be no mass movement. It's just you understanding, right? You know, hey, I got, I got, I must make some changes in my life. For things to be better, I must make some changes in my life for things to be better. And it's just that simple. Because being born in America, as he said, didn't seem to matter. We had to fight for everything that we have gotten, we had to fight for. And it is what it is. That's true. And folks don't come here to fight white racism. They don't come here for that. They come here to extract as much of the wealth out of America for them and their, for them and their families, rightfully so. So again, I said you have to, blackness must be de-aggregated to get a true sense of where we are and what's going on in our life. So again, until next Wednesday, I'll come back with some more information, you know, more thoughts to put out there in the atmosphere that you can consider. And, uh, you know, again, it is what it is. But I would definitely think about having that term blackness de-aggregated. You know what I'm talking about. Till next Sunday, next Sunday, bye-bye. The preceding commentary does not necessarily reflect the views of the staff and management of WBCA or the Boston Neighborhood Network. If you would like to express another opinion, you can address your comments to Boston Neighborhood Network, 3025 Washington Street, Boston, Massachusetts, 02119. To arrange a time for your own commentary, you can call WBCA at 617-708-3215 or email radio at bnnmedia.org.